thanks to the worship team this morning. Uh, Scott got a break today, and so that's nice. Um, and you will remember on my table, right? Oh, thank you. Okay. It's good to be back with you again this morning. I have enjoyed being here. I, I really have. And um, the series that we're doing right now, The Unexpected, is just kind of a nice, simple series. The unexpected opportunity that was Mary's. And not realizing what God was doing and then realizing it, scared of it, and then all of a sudden, here I am. The unexpected bomb that dropped into Joseph's life. And how did he approach that? What did he do with that? And so that's what we looked at last week. And today is the unexpected invitation. And in particular, we are looking at the shepherds who got that invitation. Yet the one thing that I really appreciate about Christmas, about as much as anything else, is how simple it is to understand. That our God loves us so much that he became as one of us. No other religion are you ever going to find that. You can take any major character out of any other religion and it can still stand. You take Jesus Christ out of Christianity and it falls. It's all based on him. The years that were prophesied coming up to Jesus, uh, the prophecies, over 300. Uh, Josh McDowell says there were over 60 major prophecies. I mean, we're talking about being born in Bethlehem. We're talking about being born of a virgin. We're talking about these kind of things that Jesus had absolutely no control over unless, of course, he was God. And so what we have is a religion that's based on Jesus Christ to begin with. God become flesh, dwelling among us, but then also based on evidence, things that you can then take a look at historically. Check it out. Let's see if it's real, and then give your life to it. This morning, what I just want to do is to read from Luke and chapter 2, the story about Jesus and his birth. And in the middle of that, um, Linus is going to read, or actually quote, uh, several of the verses uh, from the Charlie Brown Christmas special, all right? And then I'm going to finish up. But Luke chapter 2, beginning with the verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. We're going to have a census next year, aren't we? 2020. But in their world, it was done every 20 years. And you know it's a historical thing because the people are named and the years are named and not on a calendar. They didn't have calendars. So what they had to do was to identify a major character through history and say, this was in the fifth year of the emperor of. This was in the year of the pharaoh of. And that's how they counted time. And you'll see that's exactly what they're doing here. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their hometown to register. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the family line of David. Now realize that this is over 100 miles away. And he has got to take his very pregnant wife all the way down through Jerusalem, five miles south of there, to a town of Bethlehem, because that's where he had to go in order to register. Our census is a little easier than that. They come to your door. But they had to travel, and it's going to be over a week, 
just for them to be able to get there. It goes on and it says that he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time was come for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And at this point, how many of you have seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special? Come on. Okay. Linus is going to quote these next few verses for you. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Don't you love it? There's no way I could do any better than that, all right? But we're going to come back to that scene in just a minute. Verse 15 picks it up. And after the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they hurried and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they told everyone the saying that was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it were amazed at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, just as it was told unto them. The unexpected party that they had been given an invitation to. They didn't expect angels. But when they saw the angels and they heard the angels and they heard the announcement, then it's like, let's go see. And then it says they hurried off. They didn't want to miss it. And when they see that it's just as it was told to them, they then go and they tell everybody that they can find. And when they're done with that, then they just praise and glorify God for what has happened. That's the party they were invited to. Very few people got to see that manger. Very few people got to see the baby as was in that manger. But these shepherds got that invitation. They took advantage of it. There might be something that you don't realize about that story from Charlie Brown Christmas. Charles Schultz. 1965 is when that special first aired. Charles Schultz died in the year 2000. But so many people's lives were affected by that very simple story of Christmas. Charles Schultz, in writing this, and as Linus is quoting, Linus then gets to the part where he says, fear not. And as soon as he's saying, fear not, you know Linus. Linus is the guy with the blanket all the time, right? 
He's the guy with that holy, dirty blanket, that security blanket, that one that, as long as he's holding on to that, he's got security and peace and all the things that could ever be afforded. I had a, a, my firstborn had a blanket that he would not let go of. Anybody else? And those kind of blankets? Yeah. He, he didn't want to let go of that thing. Had this silk kind of an edge to it, but that wasn't enough. He, had, he would keep pulling that silk until he found a special place on it, and then he'd start rubbing it, and he was secure. He was at peace. The world was good, right? That's kind of Linus. But as Linus is telling this story about the coming of the Savior, when he says, fear not, Linus drops his blanket. Did you realize that? Now you're going to have to watch it again, aren't you? He drops his security. He drops his peace. He drops the thing that he's been dependent on all of his life. As long as he's got it, all is well with the world. But he drops it. And he goes on and he quotes the verse. And as soon as the, the verses are over and he tells the story, that's what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown. And he picks the blanket back up again. Interesting, isn't it? And I think that very often in our walk with God, we, as we were coming to Christ, we would hear about God and we'd say, you know what, that sounds good. And all of a sudden, we're kind of ready to drop some things at that point. But then the world comes on us and different things happen again, and we pick up our own security blanket, that thing that we've been dependent on for years. And we just don't want to give it up. And very often, that's how a person comes to Christ. It's a piece of this. It's a piece of that. I find this. Yes, this is true. But then we ultimately grab onto the thing we're comfortable with, that habit that keeps us in the peace. The Christmas story goes on. And as it does, they realize that what Charlie Brown has done has brought the true meaning of Christmas to them. If you ever notice, and when you watch that, I, I began counting the branches on the tree. It starts with three branches, then it goes to five, then it goes to four. This <laughs> is kind of interesting for me, the details and why I have no clue. But at the very end of it, you know, as they then find that little tree and they begin to decorate it, and they take the lights from Snoopy's doghouse, and they get the ornaments and they put it on and they're decorating. Now it's a full tree. I mean, there is green on this tree and ornaments, and lights, and everything. And you know what happens right at this point? Linus takes his blanket, and he wraps it around the base of the tree. And he's done with it. He's done with it. And they begin to sing. And all of a sudden, everything changes from that tree to the message. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory the newborn king. It then becomes all about Jesus. It all becomes about what that message of Christmas is truly about. And what Linus is willing to do at this point in his life is to put it down, leave it down, and just give praise and glory to God. Interesting, isn't it? Charles Schultz did follow Christ. He was a member of the Church of God from Anderson, Indiana. He even taught Sunday school. Within his Peanuts characters, you will find different parts of Christianity all along the way. 
died in the year 2000, so he doesn't do that anymore, but there's so much that was packed in there. I'm thinking, you know, that's a lot of what Christianity is like. Before we came to Christ, we found different parts that made sense. We saw different things that, yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, I can see that. But not until we entirely lay down what we think is going to bring us peace and security. It might be a job. It might be your family. Your family comes before God. It might be money. It might be a house. It might be anything. I don't know. We're all wired differently, and so it's always something different for the next person. But until we lay it all down, and for us, it's not a Christmas tree. It's laying it down at the foot of the cross. And we realize that's God. Come as a baby, preached for three and a half years, offered himself up on the cross. And the invitation may be unexpected comes to you and me and says, you know what? I can forgive your sins. I can put you in a relationship with God that will make everything okay. That's what Jesus did. And when we're willing to do that, to lay it all down, that's when it becomes real for us. For us, it's the acceptance of that invitation. Oh, God has already done it all. That's called grace. But when we respond, that's called faith. God's part was sending his son. God's part was having him on the cross. God's part was receiving the sacrifice so that we could be cleaned up. Our part, by faith, our part is to realize that we have sin. We need to get rid of it. And so we are so stinking sorry. I haven't met anybody that's perfect yet. Outside of Christ, there is none. And to be repentant is just honestly faith that says, I'm looking on the inside. And then to be willing to confess, to say, man, you are God. I'm not it, nobody else. You are God. To be willing to submit to him in Christian baptism. Because Romans says it this way. He says, that's when you died to self. That's when you were crucified to self. That's when you were buried. And that's when you began life brand new again. It's kind of laying that blanket down and saying, I'm done with it all. New life. It's what I need. Prayed about this sermon this morning because I don't always offer an invitation, but I wanted to this morning. It's a gift. Salvation. And in Acts, it tells us that the gift that he's willing to give to us now is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you're willing to receive, to repent and be baptized, forgiveness of sins, gift of the Holy Spirit, then he says, you've accepted my invitation. That's what it is. It's that simple in faith. It really is. This past week, I got to be a grandpa in need. You Love it. I love it. Got three kids, grandkids. The sixth grader had to go to the doctor's office. My son works at BMW Finance Company over in Dublin, so he can't get away all the time. He calls me up, and sure, I can do that. So I picked her up from school, took her to the doctor, did the initial test. No temperature, no ear infections, no this, no that, no that. Just put warm water on it is kind of the thinking. They even did a strep test because a month prior to that, she'd had strep. 
So they did a strep test, and that came back five minutes later. It's okay. Well, they called the next day and said, well, the cultured strep test shows that she does have strep again. And so Joel said, hey, you mind running to the pharmacy for me? Went to the CVS. He'd already called it in. I went to pick it up. Had to sit there for 15 minutes, even though they called it in an hour ahead. You know how that goes, right? Finally get this prescription. How much does it cost? Nothing. It's already paid for. Already done. And to me, all of a sudden, that was grace and faith in action. See, I go to the CVS. The prescription's already there. It's already been paid for. All I needed to do was go pick it up and receive it. Understand what I'm saying? Isn't that cool? Isn't that what God's done for you? You see, at, at Sunbury, where it was for 20 years, I, I didn't offer invitations all the time. But I thought, today, of all days, why not? The invitation you might not have expected might be that unexpected invitation, much like the shepherds. But it might be that you need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It may be that you've never been that honest and said, I need a Savior. That you're willing to live life anew. That you're willing to be buried with him in Christian baptism. That you can walk in a newness of life. We're ready today if you want to accept Christ. This invitation is open until he returns again. I don't know when that's going to happen. But I know that you have today to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much that there are different things in life that uh, kind of illustrate for us what you've been trying to tell us all along. And that is that you are God. You planned it all. You initiated it. You received it. The sacrifice was you. Just everything that was done that needed to be done was by you. Now all we need to do is accept that invitation. Father, for those who are here a part of your church already. Help us to reappreciate that gift of eternal life. And Father, if there is one who is outside of Christ and you're pulling at the heart, would you please bring him, bring her to you? Help them to understand what the next steps are. They'll totally lay it down at the foot of the cross. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us first. We pray in Jesus' name.